2: This is VENT Weekly,
3: a collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. Let's get it cracking. I'm Santos and I'm Amelia and this is VENT Daily. This week, we're putting out an episode every single day five conversations all about mental health and we're choosing what to talk about. Every day, event weekly host that's either me, Amelia, Sabrina or Nuruddin is bringing a subject to the table that we want to talk about concerning mental health.
4: Today's episode is my episode and I want to talk about talking about mental health with our parents. I've invited the host of the next episode podcast, Linda Aday, and Vice staff writer Nana Barr to talk about getting into conversations about mental health with our families. Could you guys introduce yourselves?
1: It's you wanna go first,
2: Nana? <laughs> oh, <you're right. laughs> okay. I am Nana, and yeah, I'm a staff writer at Vice. I write about sex and sometimes like eating disorders and mental health, I guess too.
1: Sick. Um, I'm Linda Ade and yeah, I'm a journalist. They let me do stuff at the BBC uh, uh, podcast wise. So yeah, I host a podcast.
3: Well, getting down to, to this episode, I want to start off by asking Amelia, why is it that you chose this topic in particular?
4: So I'm actually like really interested in just sort of like intergenerational conversations to do with mental health. Like the generation that we're in in particular like is very like hot on being aware about mental health and a lot of other conditions mm-hmm. as well, generally. We're kind of like the woke generation in a way, but I feel like a lot of us, especially like within cultural backgrounds, kind of missed out on being able to have any kind of assistance with our mental health or even discuss it. I only started to have conversations about mental health with like my family a lot later on in my life. So like pretty much now. Yeah. And so I was just kind of interested to see like why we struggle so much to speak to our parents about it especially like within the black and minority ethnic community did you guys ever like struggle to speak about mental health with your families
1: massively yeah definitely i literally (laughs) because of this podcast had a conversation with my mum about mental health for the very first time in my
3: yeah
1: i'm not that young years if that makes sense oh my gosh yeah so um (laughs) what was that like It was funny because actually everything she said, I expected her to say. I I do know my mum like the back of my hand and I do understand the generational difference and the cultural difference that we have. And I respect it actually to a certain extent. I understand that there was a lack of information on her part.
4: Yeah, that's true. Around
1: mental health. And that caused us not to be able to discuss those kind of things in our family. And I had to figure it out myself, basically. A bit like you, Amelia.
4: That is so crazy. Like, you obviously are a little bit older than me. So it must have been so interesting now, like, for someone who's probably just, like, a little bit more developed and, I don't know, like, maybe just, you know, calmed down and settled and stuff like that, like, to have that conversation, like, so much after the event, is like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's
1: quite odd. It's quite strange.
4: Yeah. And what about you, Nana? Have you ever had any conversations like that?
2: Yeah, similar. I think I have been talking about mental health in my family since probably, like, my early teens but it doesn't necessarily mean that they were receptive to it or understood what was going on, but they're, like, open to listening, but I'm not sure that it's something that they've taken on board or fully understand or, like... Yeah, it's always been, like, something we don't really have time for. There's, like, other things going on, you know? Yeah, exactly. And what about you, Santos?
3: I have a really, like, close relationship with my mum, right? Yeah. So it's kind of, like, in situations where my mental health had been affected she almost immediately knew Mm -hmm. kind of or she would be there to kind of witness the situation i've always spoken to to like my mom and my siblings more or less about everything Mm -hmm. but there have been certain things where it's like okay i'm I'm gonna keep this to myself Mm. but i kind of realized the more i just spoke about things in general Mm. like it just that helped a lot, whether it was a family member or friends, or even if I was like praying, talking to God, yeah. like, just mm. it would help. Instead of just keeping it inside of my head, just putting it out. So it's like, it no longer belongs to just my, my mind. Mm. No, mm. And that kind of helped. Yeah, I think that's sick though. But to be
4: fair, you are really like emotionally mature. So it doesn't surprise me that like, you could speak to your Pranky. mom because you actually are like, very <laughs> mature. Yeah. So like, why do we feel as though it's hard to speak to our parents? Do you think it's, Not because, for example, when my mum was growing up, she grew up, like, in the 60s and 70s and stuff. Like, my nan had a lot of kids. And I don't think there was, like, necessarily much time to focus on the emotional. I think my mum, like, has said before, like, her mum was a great mum, but there was, like, a side that was missing, like, emotionally. Why do you think it's so hard for us to, like, actually open up to them?
2: I think for me, there's, like, a... My parents are very much focused on, like you know getting good grades and then it became like Mm. getting a good job and now it's like buying a house relax (laughs) yeah Yeah, they're so focused on like doing well in those terms that they don't necessarily think about the impact that Mm -hmm. it has on your mental health so therefore it's not something I really want to talk to them about because they'd rather talk about me like doing well at school me doing well at work and like Mm. all of that and even if I am doing those things I still don't think it's something that they necessarily want to hear about because why would I be unhappy mm. when I've got my good grades and I've got my good job? You exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I think I think for my parents, I think it's more um, a lack of information. They just don't know what they're talking about when it comes to mental health. I'm talking about <laughs> my parents. So like I, we had a chat because of this podcast, and I said to her, "What does mental health mean to you? What does it look like? Was it..." you know sound like and I think they've got really exaggerated kind of views of what mental health is so you've got to literally be like running on the street going crazy half naked mm-hmm. for you to have a mental health problem and I was like what about that kind of constant fear anxiety or constant nervousness have you ever heard of anything like that and she was like oh no, no that's not mental health that's not that's not what we call mental health do you know what I mean that's yeah that's, that's just something you just pray about yeah I realized that first of all, to be able to have a discussion with your kids about mental health, you actually need to know what you 're talking about and understand it and even recognize it and mm-hmm. i don 't think that it 's recognizable. Um, my auntie, who was very close to us for years, was diagnosed with schizophrenia, and she had a couple of really bad cycles of it. yeah, nobody would say what was wrong with her. nobody would admit that she had schizophrenia. it was like there was a stigma it was quite negative mm-hmm. it was very, very negative for her to have been um sectioned and so uh for years and years and years that was kept very very quiet and so i just think things like that don't help to be able to have like open and honest conversations if you're seeing mental health as such a negative thing that we just need to be really quiet and embarrassed about Mm. it if that makes sense
4: did you kind of wish like that you knew about it sooner in terms of your auntie as well did it kind of make you feel any kind of way towards your family for like not disclosing that because obviously Poor mental health is not great, but also like ignoring it is even worse. Yeah. Did you feel like any resentment towards your family for that?
1: Um, I because I'm the youngest in my family in terms of like my siblings, I just always felt I have. Been babied and I thought that was another form of babying me. But actually, mm. as I got older, I realised it's not you weren't babying me. You lot just don't talk about this stuff. You just don't know yeah. how to chat about this this kind of thing, and that and that is like you say problematic because if you keep it kind of swept under the rug, you create more issues. Mm. Um, I don't know about resentment because I've got to this place where I kind of understand. It's weird. I get it. Like you're coming from a whole different era. Like mm-hmm. we're actually food on the table is what you discuss. And like like you said, Nana, exactly. getting good grades. Like now my parents are onto me about marriage. Like where's your husband? Like it's, we don't we don't discuss. <laughs> we don't discuss like um low mood, depression. Um do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So I, I kinda have a bit of understanding.
3: I just wanted mm-hmm. to go off, off of that, Linda. When I was about twelve my dad he had a breakdown and he was diagnosed with schizophrenia as well. Mm. And like my my parents, they got divorced and it's like being young and I'm seeing my parents in, in certain like mental states, but I don't even understand what mental health is at that yeah. point. Mm. And then it's like, they now can't speak to their parents about it yeah. because it's, it's never been kind of like an important issue. Mm-hmm. I think we will be the ones to like check, check up on our kids, like yeah. And yeah. make sure 100%. that they're fine, like mentally as well as physically. Because yeah, a lot therefore. of parents is like their kid will fall over in the park. And it's like, oh, you have a boo-boo, I'll kiss it better and, and the pain goes away. But obviously, you can't really do that with mental health. That's like sw- sweeping it under the rug is how you would do that.
4: But you know what though, Linda made like a really good point because she said it's like how you, what you perceive to be mental health issues. Mm. Like I know for a long time, like I'd even hear like my mum and like aunties and whatever chatting. Just talking about like oh this generation they're so sensitive yeah they're so sensitive like, yeah. they're just, you know what i mean like it's just kind of like they didn't really see certain things as as mental health issues or like as having a poor mental health yeah like the only health that mattered was that like, you were physically okay mm-hmm. and kind of like the mental wasn't really important like because I think when you're from that generation life was hard as it is and you just had to kind of like suck it up and firm it because my mum's a very strong woman and she doesn't really like you don't really see too many emotional sides of her yeah but definitely before I think her perception of mental health was just like you just need to suck it up yeah And I think when you come from a generation where that's kind of what you're taught, then that's all you know. So even if there is that information out there, to be honest, I think it's also like how you digest Mm -hmm. it. But actually, I think that your mental health does affect your physical health, Of course, affects your day to day well-being generally. Mm -hmm. And they can't really like connect the two, Mm. which is why they struggle so much to understand that. And especially if you're from a religious background, then they just see it as the devil and like... You just need to pray it away. Honestly, girl. (laughs) I don't know. What do you guys think about, like, religion when it comes to mental health as well? Like, do you feel like our parents kind of use that as
2: a way to dismiss it? It's just very annoying to be told to, like, pray about everything. Like, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Praying. Great. It shouldn't be the only thing. (laughs) I don't know. I know that my mum was very not into the idea of me going on antidepressants. She's like, well, I'm going to pray about it and, you know, hopefully you won't have to do it. Which is, like, it's sweet, but also, like, I'm still going to take them. Prayer
4: does work for a lot of people, especially, like, if you're quite deep into your spirituality. But a lot of people, including Christians, actually, when it comes to their mental health, have kind of seen, like, the whole idea of praying away your problems is quite dismissive of actually addressing it.
1: It's a tricky one. It's quite techie for me because I feel like... On one hand, yes, prayer works, and I've seen the effects of that Mm -hmm. um, in lots of people around me, including myself. Yeah, definitely. Um, But then there is awesome um, access to information and um, knowledge and medication for a reason, and I think that is a blessing to have. So I think it's quite um, dismissive to... and ignorant to think that those things aren't aren't in place for you to use. Um, So, for example... That just I'm a Christian, so I read the Bible. So in the Bible, there's a scripture that says, um, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. And yeah. I really, I really love that um, scripture because there's so much information out there. Um, if you believe in God, you must believe that he mm-hmm. gave us the ability to, to use our intelligence, mm-hmm. to create treatments and Agreed. medicine. You'll use medicine for some things, but when it comes to mental health, like Nana, like what you said about antidepressants, that's quite a familiar kind of narrative that I've heard before. Um, And I think it's just, I was saying to my mum, I think that can come from a fear of just not knowing what these medicines do and maybe a lack of trust for certain um, institutions. Maybe there's some other things going on there. But I think within also like within cultural
4: families as well, I feel like there's also like an element of denial because I know like some African and Caribbean families that can be very prideful. Santos, what do you think?
3: It, the The times are different now. Mm. You know, for for young children, teenagers, like there's a lot more pressures out there. There's, you know, there are stigmas out there, and it's kind of like a parent will turn around to their fourteen year old child and be like, "How can you be depressed? You don't have to work a nine to five and pay bills and put food on the table and make sure the lights and water are still running. Like how how can you be stressed or depressed or? But now it's it's the case of actually. Sitting down and not questioning them about it and interrogating them about it, but just getting them to talk about it and try to get to the bottom instead of denying it as you said to me. Yeah. Like, no, my, my kid can't be sick, my kid can't have mm-hmm. mental health issues. It's like it, it should be something that they explore exactly, with yeah. their with their children.
0: Quality sleep is
1: essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I
2: sometimes post about my mental health if I'm having like a really bad day, if I'm feeling really
0: stressed out.
3: I wouldn't say I post too much about it on social media, but there are times when that does occur. I feel like I'm very comfortable in speaking about my um, mental health. If an opportunity arose to speak about it in public, I would definitely do that. I think I'd be quite
4: uncomfortable posting about my mental health to people who I don't know. I
3: talk about it quite openly with my friends, but I guess not through
2: social media. No one's really going to be interested in my sad boy feelings.
4: Linda, you actually host a podcast where you speak very openly about, like, a lot of things, including mental health, like you mentioned before, and Nana, you write all about sex and a lot of other very personal things on VICE. So do either of you, like, find it easier to be open about these topics on public platforms rather than, like, within your families
2: as well? Maybe. I don't know. I think it's more that my family don't... Not that they don't care, but just, like, no-one wants to hear me... Speak my one thousand word pieces about myself, and that is, you know, surprising, (laughs) obviously. But I, I think they're they're open to like if I'm writing something, I'll kind of discuss it with them. Like the sex stuff I write about, which is like my main thing, I might discuss it with like my sisters or my friends, Mm. but probably not my my mum because like I don't know. (laughs) I just I just don't think we're there yet. But yeah, everything else, like I don't know, with personal things, if I if it does mention my family, I'm gonna discuss it with them like I wrote a on Vice we have like a series called Homecoming mm-hmm. where we talk about just going back to your hometown like where you grew up and like everything. mine was about how I was abused by my child mind living there but didn't tell my mum about it until like a few months oh before and I really only told her because I knew I was going to write this Homecoming so I was like if I'm going to talk about it I'm going to have to at least tell my mum because I can't tell the entire internet and not mm-hmm. her so it was I don't know I think it was It's nice. I feel like writing these things makes it easier for me to then have the conversations with my
4: family, Mm. you know? Wow. That's true. Mm. What about you,
2: Linda? Um,
1: I think uh, it's not so much my family. I'm quite close to my family, especially my mum. So I think mental health is probably one of the only conversations, type of conversations we haven't had before but I think more mm. about my church what would my church think if I said this thing on my podcast <laughs> um my pastor I'm quite close to my pastor so he's, yeah. he's cool it's just more people that don't really know you that will like label you yeah make
4: assumptions like, about um, your character based on yeah
1: do you know what I mean
3: <laughs> when only God should judge
4: <laughs> yeah. I actually feel you with that like, personally because obviously I'm definitely trying to grow like within my faith as well it's something I've been doing like quite recently um like, over the past like a couple of years I'd say But I'm also still really liberal in thought. What about you, Santos, like with your music?
3: Yeah, I was was about to bring it up because I started like writing lyrics when I was about like 12 years (laughs) old. I always had a passion for music, but I started like I learned how to express myself through putting words together. So now when I would start to put, you know, how I was feeling into songs and then I would perform it in front of the family. And then I see people crying, and I'm like, oh, shit, Like I can connect through people, through music. So that's kind of how, like, I got into it. Moving on from, from this little t- conversation we had now, what could we do to have more open conversations with our parents? And, like, what tips could we give other people that haven't even experienced that yet, you know, speaking to their parents about certain things?
2: Mm, maybe not advice, but it was, I don't know, there was kind of a bit of a breakthrough, which is weird because it was with my dad, which is... I grew up kind of just being raised by my mum, so it was like weird that into my 20s, me and my dad now have like a better relationship. And he was the one that was like, well, if you wanna, you know, he's kind of the one that pushed me to go see the psychiatrist I now have. So he was just like, it's okay. Like if you wanna do that, it's just a fine thing to do. And so it's not so much advice, it was just like, it's just nice to have, yeah. the, like, parental support, mm-hmm. even though, like, I'm an adult. I love that. It's just that. nice to have that little love that. push from him, I
4: guess. Yeah, sick. No, for me, um, I have a twin sister, and my sister's a lot more open with my mum about her mental health and about boys and about all that kind of stuff, and I was more closed off initially. I was mm-hmm. like, no, nah, I'm not talking to her about that. Like, no, you're dumb. Like, I don't talk to boys. What are you talking about? Um, so eventually, like, if I speak to my mum about stuff, she said a lot of things that I didn't expect her to say. I didn't expect her to be so open mm-hmm. about talking about things like sex. And I was like, what? Like, How do you know what that
1: is? <laughs> like, it's just obviously like, I was just so like, oh my gosh, she's so much more open than I thought. I, I agree with that. I think it can be quite fun because you, you get to like learn a little bit more, maybe get a bit more context to who your parents are, if that makes sense. Um, but I'd say same, same kind of things, just go into the conversation trying to really understand where they're coming from because I think that's the way you get the best out of a conversation instead of like talking or listening just to have your point and I think with these kind of conversations especially if your parents come from kind of similar backgrounds to to us what we've been discussing I would say just kind of don't expect too much the very first time like it might take a couple of conversations it might mean that you have that one conversation they go away and think a bit and then it hits them you know So I think baby steps is what I'd say, especially if you're talking to parents who have come from a very different generation.
4: Mm -hmm. I like that. It's baby steps, isn't it? It's worked for me, just bit by bit. Like I said, they're not going to come and tell me about those kind of things. And equally, kids don't really think about asking like your parents that all the time or like actual personal questions like how are you finding your job like are you happy in it and stuff like that like those things will be like a good indicators to figuring out who your parents are well thank you guys so much for speaking to santos and i like, i really appreciate it, especially because it's such like a heavy and weighted topic but no thank you guys so much
1: i felt like i was chatting to my mates no, I want to come
4: back. For real, for real. <laughs> like, that's what I was
2: thinking.
4: It just was really important for me to have that conversation. I don't know. I felt myself getting emotional sometimes when I was talking about it because there's a lot of things that you you don't really realize how affected you are by it. Yeah.
3: And again, like speaking about what I've been through with you know, people I've never met before as well. And it's like hearing them speak about things that they've been through. I don't know, it gave me some sense of reassurance, innit?
4: Thank you for listening to Vent Daily. I've been Amelia.
3: And I've been Santos. And thanks a lot to Linda and Nana for coming on. You can find Linda's podcasts, the next episode on BBC Sounds and more of Nana's work on vice.com.
4: This episode was produced by the VENT production team, Jess Lawson, Amelia Gill, Mouid Majid and Arlie Adlington.
3: VENT is a collaboration between VICE and Brent London Borough of Culture 2020.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do.